does everybody know what time it is? Night time. That's right. It's grunt work. <laughs> Get out the way. Get out the way, Brad. Get out the way. Move, Brad. Get out the way. Get out the way, Brad. Get out the way. Oh, no. The night's out. Oh, shit. That's good. You don't have the rights now to take the car out, guard the grill. Tim says it's fine, but don't cross Jill. Rand's been ranking up in driving school, and I've been thinking of listening to grunt work. The only podcast about the TV show Home Improvement that thinks it's rude to just demand that the tambourine play tambourine man play you a song. Hmm. It's true. It's, I it's am same your please. host. <laughs> I'm your host, Landon. Despite all my rage, I am still just a rat in a cage, Solano. <laughs> Joined always by my co-host Truman. Two all beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun, caps. <laughs> Truman, it's good to see you. Landon, it's even better to see you. Um, your wordsmithery is really next level. I mean, I am... Ludacris is one of the only rappers I am a little bit familiar with. Um, I think because a lot of his music is either like about not wanting people to touch you, e.g. get back, or, or being pissed off about being stuck in traffic, e.g. move, bitch. So um, just... <laughs> We could stop doing. We could stop this episode right now, and this would already be one of our best, purely based <laughs> off of your intro. So I want to thank you for spitting fire like that. <laughs> you well, I'm not gonna take too much credit for that. Um, we are here. Uh, yes, unlike the last two weeks when we weren't. <laughs> yes, we we accidentally took two weeks off. How about that, guys? Um, uh, was it an accident? I feel like we knew what we were doing when we took two weeks off. Well, I mean. We no, I mean it wasn't planned really. It was like something came up for me, something came up for you, and we're like, yeah, let's just take two weeks off. Yeah, fuck um, it. Like, I mean, no, no, no. In- I'm sorry. We 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 got our we had a meeting. We had a, a we really sat down and we crunched the numbers and we really put our blood, sweat, and tears into making the decision. It wasn't yeah. so cavalier as I made it out to be. Yeah, no, no, no. There were there were votes taken from all of the different committee members, and uh, <laughs> you know, given that there's just two of us, it was uh, kind of superfluous to take so many different votes. But uh, yeah, you know, I I feel like at the same time, though, as important as this podcast is, it's not like we run a nuclear power plant here. Like if we ta- <laughs> if we are not there for two weeks, most of society continues to function as normal, and then we can make it up with a real humdinger of an episode like this one. We we still haven't figured out what happens when we both turn our keys, so <laughs> yeah. I hope we can at least make it to the end of this show uh, before that happens. I, you know, whatever whatever happens when we turn those keys, we know that it probably has more power, and um, we don't want to unleash that on the world, frankly. <laughs> I've got kind of a, a, yeah? a thing I want to delicately bring up. <laughs> oh, delicately bring up? I'm trying to well, think of what pieces of news I know about you and, and, and which ones require delicacy. I'm going to just... I'm taking a lot of pride. It's a goal that I've been striving for for years, and oh, yeah. the goal was to do this before I was 40. It's a big deal to me, but I also want to be sensitive in realizing that it's a fucked up 
market right now. And if anyone is going through it or has trouble getting there, I understand. But I, this, this moment's for you, dude. Just enjoy this moment when you say I, the thing you're about to say. I just bought a home. Woo! <laughs> Thank you. I expect you to cue in the awesome powers music here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I think I still got that one downloaded. <laughs> uh, and I, I. Okay. So I, I bring it up only you know out of self pride. But the other thing is one of the big selling points of this place is that it had an unfinished basement. So Woo! I can't <laughs> build this uh, private theater screening room that I've wanted for, I don't know, decades, years since I've been born. I don't know. Um, <laughs> You're all over the map with these timings, I, decades I or years. <laughs> Months, days, I'm not sure. I, I'm pretty uh, sure, I'm going to say at least one decade, because the whole time I've known yeah. you, you've wanted this. It could be more than that. It could be. Uh, I, I'm sure it was something like that I fantasized about as a kid, uh, hating going to the movies. I mean, I loved going to the movies, but I hated the, like, people talking during a movie and I'd be like, this mm-hmm. would be so much better if I just had a private theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I was that kind of kid. <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> the <laughs> reason I bring this up is because it has an unfinished basement and because I'll be converting it into my own private theater. I am going to be getting into home improvement. <laughs> the real oh. thing, the real deal. Oh, the, the, the thing that I always have to tell people when I have a home improvement podcast, that it's not that you're going to actually get into that thing. <laughs> I'm going to get into that thing. Truman, I'm, I'm going to throw a, a word at you that yeah. I've, I've been deeply researching. Oh. Just to see what your reaction is. All right. Subflooring. <laughs> Turned into Mr. Ed. That's, yes. What kind of name is subflooring for a floor? Uh, that's... See, this is the thing, and and as a non-homeowner, I am first and foremost <laughs> very, very happy for Landon. Uh, I, I don't know why, I guess I'm speaking directly to the audience now and not you, that's why I'm talking okay, about you're not right. here with me. At the same time, though, it's also kind of like, my, my life as I've watched a lot of the people I know buy houses, it's kind of like a zombie movie because the second... <laughs> A person buys a house like before they buy a house they're they're like me and they just like weird dumb <laughs> shit and then they buy a house and immediately it's like yeah so i watched like nine hours of hgtv yesterday and i really want to buy this new brand of spackle that bob vila recommends and hey, i'm not going what that kind far. of what kind of stud finder have you got have you got the x3 690 or the 2100 because i think the 2100 <laughs> is the best at finding studs i i, I don't I, oh, I, so here, I mean, here's transformation happens yes it's, go on, okay Brandon. Now, I will admit that I there might be changes in store for me that I can't anticipate, but there are surefire things about my character um, that aren't going to change. I've never in my life watched the um, HGTV. I've never seen a minute of it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to start now. I don't have access to it. I'm not going to seek it out. I simply only want the information to do the thing that I want to do. I don't want to own tools. <laughs> I don't want, okay. I, I just, I, I want, I want a finished basement. I don't want, I, I don't want the tools to go finish other people's basements. I don't want the knowledge to give people advice on what I did about my basement. I just want to know what I need to do for my thing. Okay, well, I feel like then what if you, but it seems like these these desires are at odds with one another. It seems like what you're really saying is you want to, like, call a bunch of contractors, the thing that I do know how to do, and have <laughs> them do the thing. Because, like, how do you finish a basement without tools? Are you going to rent tools? 
Well, yeah, you can rent tools. Um, I know the fuck people. Fuck, you can rent tools. All these years, I've been not renting tools. <laughs> yeah, you can, well, I mean, I don't know to what extent, but I know like the big power, the very expensive things like drills and stuff. You can rent for the weekend, like twenty five bucks a day. Oh, Jesus, that's pretty reasonable, actually. That's cheaper than renting a car. <laughs> uh, and I don't think you need insurance on it, but don't mm. quote me on that because I've never rented a tool before. And also, also, you can kill way more people with a car than you can with a drill, I guess. Well, you actually, you've watched more horror <laughs> movies Abel than Ferrara I have. about that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that reference, but it's probably pretty funny, so I'm going to Google it after we record. Driller um, Killer. Okay. Go look up the Video Nasties scandal in the UK. Oh, I know. I know about the Video Nasties. Okay. Um. Well, look, I am <laughs> I am super excited. But so what, what level of engagement? So then you want to be, you're going to be renting tools. And how much of this are you going to be doing on your own? Finishing? Renting and also- or borrowing tools. Yeah. I'm going to be doing it. Well, the plan is to be doing it all on my own. Uh, there yeah. might be some things like electrical that I don't want to fuck with that yeah. I might bring somebody in. I, I think you should, like, people who are, like, naturally gifted craftsmen <laughs> who I know hire electricians, so I'm just going to recommend that you probably do the same, only well, because I don't want your new house to burn down. I mean, not to spoiler alert the actual episode that we'll get into, but uh, there's a big difference between doing wiring with a wall that's already completed versus an open wall uh, like mm. we see in the opening tool time scene today. <laughs> yes. So yes. Are- I have open walls, therefore it's easier to run it directly from the um, uh, switch box to wherever I actually need the, the outlet to be. Okay, no rats required. All right, all right. <laughs> None required, but all are invited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still going to use the rats. I just don't need to use them. It's my choice to use the rats. Exactly. Um, okay, well, I, so is this going to become a new corner on grunt work where, like, every week <laughs> you're talking about uh, Landon's unfinished basement, Landon's progressively slightly more finished basement corner? I'm going to build a corner myself, and it's going to be very lovingly, constructedly, very lopsided. Yeah, <laughs> so... You're and we're just gonna it's gonna sit there as an ugly corner to all the other beautifully constructed corners that's on grunt work and we're gonna love it all the same I landed I've been in a lot of corners on this podcast I don't think I don't think any of them would count as beautiful necessarily I mean well Karn corner maybe Karn corner is beautiful the other corners are all Pam's a little bit okay Pam's corner yes that's a very beautiful corner. Yes. Okay, and fine. I was going to say JTT, but that was more of a, that was a junction. Not a that corner. was, yeah. Yeah. That was, a ju- and, and listen, as someone who's into uh, urbanism, I'm all about junctions that flow efficiently and have a good <laughs> movement of traffic through them. So I was a big fan of, of JTT junction. Um, and I'm also a big fan of you owning a home because I know this has been something that you've wanted for a long time, and it's been a bit of a roller coaster. A lot of a lot of <laughs> episodes that that you guys have listened to were the prelude was Landon and I talking about the ups and downs and absolute insanity of buying a house in it's any place in this country right now, and I'm just. Yeah. Uh, I'm so excited. I'm I'm glad that at least one of us is going to be a a land owning person at some point in our lives. <laughs> Thank you. Um, man. So, uh, also, I are you are you playing the sounds of birds tweeting on your phone to to goof me? I'm or sending are a you... million tweets right now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm live tweeting our recording. 
<laughs> That's the most boring tweet thread in the world, and there's a lot of uh, competition. <laughs> uh, it, it, I, I think that you're basically Snow White. You've just got a bird on your finger <laughs> right now that is singing to you about how great our podcast is. Um, <laughs> I'm but more yeah. the uh, the evil witch who has a vulture on her shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> but that vulture is still singing a very happy song. Uh, <laughs> I guess about the TV series Home Improvement. That's wow. Yes, you're right. I yeah. Well, I I feel the favorite the the preferred show of vultures vultures evil vultures super into Tim Allen's comedy. Let's not look too deeply into why. Um, um yeah. I would be willing to bet if you looked at vulture. Home Improvement, they, they probably wouldn't look too highly on Home Improvement. I mean, Vulture... Oh, okay, oh, the, the the website Vulture, no, probably not. Actual Vultures, though, let's think about it. Like, Vultures love to eat meat. They're yeah. all about meat. Yeah. Um, How powerful are their jaws? Probably they have more power in their jaws, right, to be able to pull meat <laughs> off of Than carcasses. a sparrow, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, more so than a sp- yeah, sparrows have less power. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that, I think that of all the birds, vultures are probably, I think eagles probably like home improvement more than vultures. Yeah. Yeah, Eagles are probably the number one avian home improvement fan. Folks, no other home improvement podcast is giving you this level of analysis. Uh, please keep listening. Please keep subscribing and, and and rating us. Please, please. please. We're, we're so close to the end, guys. You can't abandon us now. You've you've put up with this much of Landon and I. You you clearly like something about what we're doing. Please just keep being here. So, well, Truman, after two weeks, we've come back to watch an episode of Home Improvement. Could you tell mm-hmm. us all what happened this week? Yes, I could. And in fact, I will. At long last, Randy has gotten his driver's license, but remembering the car accident Brad got into on his first night as a driver, Jill and Tim tell Randy that they don't want him driving at night for his first month with a license. Randy is outraged to be punished for Brad's mistake, doubly so when Mark let when Jill lets Mark go out late to practice with his band. When Randy defiantly takes the Nomad out on a late night drive, Tim and Jill debate whether it's unfair to have different rules for different boys. Hmm. Very good. Yeah, I, thank you. I think so, too. I mean, I, I did wanna... stumble over there. I, I, I tripped up on, on Jill and Mark's name, but that's fine. I don't have to put a dollar in the jar for that. No, just the just for the boys' names. Yeah. Um. Do you want to take a gander in your brain at some possible words that combine into a possible title? <laughs> <laughs> we we got we got to stretch these episodes out one way or another, you know. We got to find we got to find a way. Yes, that was just my brain looking for normal words. <laughs> uh, file not found. Okay, yes, I have three <laughs> options. All right, first option for this title. Okay, night driver. Do you, mm. do, you, do you get it? Night driver. Like night rider. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, look, obviously, <laughs> I mean, if I could see it with the, the K in front of it, it might have a little more resonance. Yeah, well, actually, and and looking at it the way I typed it out in my notes, I actually didn't put the K in front of it. So maybe this is just a really bad submission. <laughs> next next one is, next next one, though. Look, guys, folks, okay. All right. uh, ladies, non-binary listeners, the next one will be better. All right, next option. Okay, number two. Rand Theft Auto. <laughs> yeah. Okay, now, I'll give you that one. I'll give you I'm that gonna, one. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna harken back. I, this this is this construction has been done before on the podcast when we had the Tope uh, Suicida boys on one or two right. seasons ago for the episode where Tim takes the nomad. The uh, no, the Healy. Yes, the Healy, not the yeah. nomad. The Healy out. Uh, Mike suggested Man Theft Auto as a name for that episode. So I just want to mm. acknowledge that I'm standing on the shoulders of wrestling giants here. Got it. Okay. Third option, which is going to make you angry, and I also oh, want to no. tell the audience that uh, that a rat plays a major role in one part of this episode. Um, third title, picture in your head, Matthew McConaughey, Al Rat, Al Rat, Al Rat. It's the sound of Landon quitting the podcast I was, now. I was defiant at your assertion that I would be angry at the title. Uh, I thought that I could escape my fate. No. Um, I no. thought that perhaps a contrarian viewpoint at my core would protect me from no. your prediction of where I would end up. I am seething. That my, <laughs> my shitty titles are the most powerful force in the universe. More powerful than love, more fa- powerful than the wish of a child. I, Nothing. The only thing, and I, this is the only way that I can continue forth with this episode, the only way that I can justify that title is yes. because you said McConaughey and you put it in the McConaughey vernacular, is yeah. that I can picture him in a classic hot rod in Days and Confused saying that. Or... Or you can picture him in, like, True Detective being just completely devoid of all uh, all emotion or joy because of how bad the title I suggested is. Just him blankly staring <laughs> at me before the cell door closes because I've been put into title jail. Um, were any of those the title of this episode? No, they weren't. <laughs> Fascinating. And I was really? What? going what? to suggest, as per usual, that... Even your worst one is better than their bad one, but I don't know. <laughs> wow! I think okay. "all rat, all rat, all rat" might be the worst thing I've ever heard. Al rat, uh, al rat, al rat, al rat, al rat. I get it. Yeah, you, yeah. You have to get it right. Yeah, just understand. It's al rat. I okay. I got to stop that because I got to go into something else that pisses me stop off. That, this other stop that, title. Stop that. <laughs> okay, the, go on. The, the real title. Is rebel without night driving privileges? Oh Jesus, that's. I mean, that's a bad title. It's it's almost edging on being the kind of nonsensical, hilarious title that I would come up with. Like, yeah, I'm so I'm going to not try so hard (laughs) that it's actually going to seem like I'm trying. That's um. Man, that's a that's a rough one. That's uh they they put less thought into their title guess than I did, and I normally don't put a huge amount of thought into these. That's really something. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Not- okay. I I'll, although I will be honest, Alrat, Alrat, Alrat probably is worse than that one. I I it's bad, but like <laughs> it at least is somewhat descriptive of the episode. <laughs> okay. Uh, this episode premiered on May 5th, 1998, directed by Andrew Sow and written by Jennifer Fisher with staff writer Bruce Bellacci. Truman, how did you feel about this episode? 
And then get ready, because I think I'm we ready. might be at odds based on some comments you made before we recorded. Yeah, I think we are. Hands down, this might be one of my favorite home improvement episodes. Uh, Whoa. I think I, I think the tool time segment was top notch. I think that the 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 way the episode plays out, it was just it's a hilarious grounded a family drama playing out exactly entirely on one set. It's almost like a play the way that it that it works. Uh, economical storytelling, great writing, absolutely hilarious running gags throughout. Better than every episode of Emmy Award winning Shit's Creek, and I think it goes toe to toe with most season six, seven, and eight episodes of Cheers. Utter treasure. Um, I think. This is... <laughs> I, I I mean, like I'm going blind from the glowingness of this review. I, I look and and folks, this is also not a bit. I am not doing a bit. I really I, love this episode. I, I, I did check my watch to see if it was April Fool's Day. Yeah. <laughs> You of all people would very well know if it's April Fool's Day. You, the biggest <laughs> April Fool's enthusiast. Um, I think that that Jonathan Taylor Thomas, this is a great episode for him. A great, you know, one mm-hmm. of our final episodes with him. It's, I think, a great show of his talents. But even more than that, this is a great episode for Zachary Ty Bryan. He is, mm-hmm. I think, this is one of his best performances of the series. Absolutely hilarious. He does, he's able to do physical comedy. Zach, no, he has more than three lines. Well, okay, all right. Yeah, he has a bunch of lines. Uh, I, look, it's funny. It's a it's a great it's it's a great episode for him. And the tool time segment, I could do an entire podcast about the tool time segment. It's such a good well, tool time segment. Maybe we so, should focus on that because I did not like this episode. Oh uh, man, we're doing it, guys. guys we're well, doing it. Let me let me rephrase. I the episode in and of itself is fine. Uh, in fact, quite good. I like. I agree with you about Randy. I agree with you about. Um, how they are handling and interesting that they brought up uh, Randy, you know, using the driving um, to talk about middle child syndrome. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, not that I would know as an only child, but I, we, uh, we've read some things. It sounds it sounds bad. <laughs> this is the I, this is the worst we've seen Tim this season. Um, this really? is I, I've had I wrote more. Well, okay, spoiler alert, I wrote zero notes for this episode. <laughs> you thought, oh, two weeks, you've got plenty of time to to watch the episode and take notes? Nope. I watch it on my lunch break, stuffing food in my mouth. Um, <laughs> but it's all it's all upstairs. It's all up in, in Landon's more powerful homeowner brain. We know how easy it is to recall stuff out of there. Uh, <laughs> I This was seriously... I, I said fuck you, Tim, more in this episode than I've said in a long time. Really? Yeah. I, I'm I'm not a fan of Tim here. Wow. Even though I think I kind of agree with his point to a certain degree. Um you know, about he wants to uh Jill Jill's big thing, as you said in the synopsis, is that she doesn't want Randy to drive at night uh until he masters daytime driving i thought that's what getting a license was but whatever mm. um <laughs> and tim's like whoa uh making him not drive at night for an entire month that's kind of overkill why don't we just do it for a week uh but jill is you know paranoid about brad's um uh, why am i resynopsizing i don't know but yeah, I, yeah the, well, the thing is we'll get there we'll get there i i, I think i agree with tim that a month is overkill uh yes. i don't like how he basically just lays 
Jill out to dry and and I don't know doesn't talk about it and dismisses her and you know mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, so yeah, there's there's a lot. I don't. He's awful with Al in this episode. The the tool time um, scene is yeah. just goes back to old timey tool time gags. I, I and I'm not going to like. I I will agree with you. Tim says a bunch of things. You mostly at the front end of the episode. A lot of it in the tool time segment that I don't love. That that was like yeah okay this is shitty this is cruel. I felt that, like, I actually felt like he redeemed himself a lot in the rest of the episode and was being uncharacteristically good. So we are clearly coming to this from very different perspectives. <laughs> and I am I am ready for this episode. All right. Well, um, I is there anything else you uh, want to talk about? Uh, any other reflections you had before we get into it? Uh, 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 no, I'm not, nothing I'm seeing. Let's just get into it. Let's just crack it open. All right, well then, let's take a ticket and wait uh, wait until our number is called before approaching the appropriate counter where we will submit our application for the deep... What What do you mean I need three different pieces of identification? You sent the application directly to my house, so you have my address already. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have another form of ID except my existing deep dive, which I'm trying to renew. So, well, if I come back, do I have to wait five hours again? But I waited five hours even with an appointment this time. Really? Really. Okay, Truman, let's go. We're we're just gonna have to come back and uh, in the meantime use our expired deep dive and hope we don't get caught. <laughs> I thought at first when you said take a ticket and wait our turn, for some reason, even though I knew this was about learning to drive in the DMV, I thought like, oh, is this gonna be like about going to a deli to get some meat? I, so <laughs> you did so say I, before we started recording that you haven't eaten yet. I would love some meat right now. That would be pretty cool. Uh, and I guess I was talking about vultures earlier, so there we go. Um, so we open not yeah. on Tool Time for the first time in a very long time on this show. Um, and it's Tim in the garage uh, polishing up the Nomad. He's getting it ready for Randy's driver's test. And yes. uh, Randy comes in to inform him that uh, he's not able to get an appointment on Saturday, so he's going to take the driver's test tomorrow instead. Tim is upset that he's not going to be able to be there with Randy for the driver's test because he wants to be there. It's such a big moment in a man's life. Har, har, har. And uh, Randy basically tells him, well, there's going to be other big occasions in my life of uh, as a driver. My first dead battery, license renewals, tickets. And Tim tearfully agrees, well, fake tearfully agrees to let Randy go it alone. Um... So, so how do you want to how do you want to set the rules of engagement here? <laughs> uh, I mean, I think no, uh, n- nothing. N- don't hit the face. Okay, below the belt. Okay, uh, karate is fine, <laughs> and um, basically all taunting is okay, uh, so long as no one makes jokes about the Hudsucker proxy. I, that, that's that's my thinking. Well, no, okay, what are your great. rules of engagement? Uh, I don't have any. Anything goes. Um, oh Jesus! Okay, went this. You've grown up on the streets of suburban Detroit here. He's got. He's got no rules. I All right, think... t- talk to me. What do you think? Okay, uh, this is the scene. I certainly didn't feel like it set the tone for the rest of the episode, but I, I it gave me a lot of push and pull. I love Randy and Tim's dynamic here to a degree. Yeah, but there's just something. There's a little bit of edge that that season three edge of Tim's kind of toxicity of pushing forward this masculine idea of this being the most important thing in a kid's life, and you know, uh, it's important for you know 
man, man to drive. And, and it's more and that he's, you know, asserting it more as an important thing for him than for Randy. Like, I don't feel like he's being very supportive of Randy in this at all. Yeah. I mean, I mean like, I get the joke that, that Tim, it's important to Tim, but it should be played ultimately as a joke, even if he's, you know, being fake hurt by it, right? I mean, I don't know. I, the way that I look at it, and, and look, I agree with you, the whole tying masculinity, masculinity, how can I not say masculinity properly after all the years of doing this show? I don't uh, know. The whole thing of tying masculinity to driving, I mean, yeah, I don't love that as a man who by choice does not have a car and loves public <laughs> transit. Uh, yes. But the way that I look at like this whole scene, I kind of see it as almost a good Tim thing because... Yeah, he's saying these things up front about wanting to be there, but then by the end of the scene, even though it's incredibly important for him to be there for Randy's driver's test, by the end of it, rather than insisting, no, Randy, take your test a week later when I can be there with you because this is a bullshit thing that means a lot to me, Tim is saying, like, nah, okay, it's fine, like, I, like, he, and then when he's fake crying and dabbing his eyes with the rag, whatever, like, I, I don't know, like, the way I see it is Tim basically bending to Randy's will or not even bending to Randy's will, but bending to like reason and normalcy and being like, yeah, my kid can go to the driver's exam himself. It's more convenient for him. I'm going to compromise on what I think is important and what I like so that my son can do this thing that's important to him on his terms. So the way I see it is Tim is actually kind of coming towards like the, the side of not being a huge dick. Well, let's, let's put a wider angle lens on it. And just look at the fact that Randy has to do this at all. Well, what has to has to come talk to his dad about it? Yeah. Well, yeah, but also it's a sitcom, and this <laughs> this is a situation yeah. that that is that prompts comedy. I mean, I like I like it's at some point. Like, there, there is times when we can look at Tim's behavior and say, this is genuinely toxic and putting something bad in the world and making the world worse. And there's other times you look at Tim's behavior and say, if a real person did this, it would be shitty. But if a character on a sitcom does it, it makes sense per the conventions of the genre. And I... I yeah, well, but that's, that's... I mean, okay. That, that, I don't want to get in that argument. Because then, as writers, you can choose to make up any situation that you want to. Why did you specifically have to choose this one that plays into the characterization of Tim being able to put out his toxic ideas about masculinity tied to driving, et cetera, et cetera? I, I mean, I get what you I get your point, though, and I can't refute that, and I don't want to try. Okay, well, oh, perfect. That's my speech and debate team uh, skills coming in, coming in handy. I look. <laughs> what all? I, I mean. Also, I think that this this experience, though, is still sort of, I feel like, I, I think that even in a normal family that does not have Tim Taylor as the patriarch, a conversation like this would, would happen where the son would come in and say, hey, the plan was you were going to take me to my driver's test on Saturday, but I can't get an appointment that day. I'm going to go tomorrow. My older brother is going to take me there. I'm just letting you know what the plan is because we initially had this different plan. The fact that Tim then pushes back and kind of makes a fuss about it. Well, that's specific to Tim and the dynamic that they have. But I don't know. Here's Here's my Monday morning writer's room change, and it's a small one that I think would make all the difference in the world to me. Yeah. it's The scene starts in the garage with Tim wiping down the Studebaker. Or the, yeah. the Nomad. And yeah. Randy comes into the garage to tell Tim this whole thing. Mm-hmm. If you just tweaked it a little bit, with Tim coming out of the garage, having just did whatever he did to that nomad, 
E- easy now. Easy now. <laughs> Little body there. I don't know why that made me giggle. Um, and then, like, walks into, like, Randy eating cereal and asks Randy, hey, you excited for your driver's exam uh, today, tomorrow, whenever the day was? And Randy saying, oh, I had to reschedule it because X, Y, and Z. And then you have this conversation. I don't know why that small shift in perspective changes the scene for me. I buy everything else that happens from there on out. But to kind of have to curtail to Tim it just bothers me. It just always puts me on the wrong foot. And look, and I get where you're coming from on that. And also, I realize we're going to be drilling deep. We're drilling deeper and deeper into the theory of like what comedy and characterization is, which is probably one of the most boring things a podcast can do. So uh, ride that 15 second skip button, everybody who's not buying this. But what I think is that it actually makes the scene funnier that it Randy is put in the position of having to be the mature one and and come to into his dad's space and have the hard conversation with his dad about these things when typically a boy of 16 has to be getting wisdom yeah. or hard talks from his dad okay. that Randy instead has to take that on for Tim that 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 flips here, the family dynamic in a way that is funny here's then another slight tweak in that direction that would again make all the difference in the world to me start Tim's in the garage doing whatever he's doing to the nomad. <laughs> just, just tailpipes a little bit wider. No one asking <laughs> questions why. The garage door is closed, and right on the other side of the garage door, it's Randy and Jill. And they're having a conversation like, do I have to? Yeah, it's important to him. Please go tell him. He's like, oh, man, I just I don't know that I can. And Jill kind of coaxes Randy going, come on, it's your dad. You, he has to know. You have to tell him. And then he goes in and does this, and you play. You could play that to higher heights at that point because you're you're bringing the audience in on the absurdity of the fact that Tim has so many emotions wrapped up in this. <laughs> Look, I, and I don't necessarily disagree with that either. I I just um, I don't know that it's strictly necessary, but also we both come at the episode from different uh, from different perspectives. <laughs> okay, all right. This is only the first scene, so we got a lot to cover. Let's keep yes. going. Um, yes. I will say I'll, I'll give you one note of this scene that made me laugh is the grunt creep finally um oh yes the so the the trunk the i don't know what you call the like back hatch doors yeah the hatches uh are up and down with the uh with the nomad and uh as tim's wiping it down the grunt creep jumps up into the trunk with a toolbox opens the toolbox like he's gonna help and just pulls out a hat and puts it on <laughs> like not even not even like a construction hat nothing just like it's a it's just a typical old hat just puts a hat on well yeah i mean it's you know the 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 grunt creep has to protect his hair from uh from whatever uh engine grease or oil or whatever there's going to be going to be flying around no that is uh, that is pretty funny i i, I like that i you know, I imagine that Al probably has a similar setup. It's just a much larger uh, uh, <laughs> toolbox to hold Hattie. Yes. Yes, exactly. Do um, you have anything else for the scene? No, let's move on. Okay. We get a uh, baby's first car uh, book transitioning us to the theme song. I got a note yep. for the theme. I got a definitive note for the theme song, but okay. I, I, I'm foreshadowing it now. I'm saving it for the Super Spectacular. Oh, Jesus. Um, okay. I... I'm going to put something together. I'm going to put a little segment together about the theme song for our Super Spectacular. Okay, everybody, mark your calendars for when we release the episode that you can listen to at your leisure. Uh, This is exciting. (laughs) I am already on the edge of my seat. Uh, 
yes, we go into the tool time segment from the theme song. Take us mm-hmm. through what happens. Okay, so we uh, we get into tool time where Heidi is uh, on the tool time set drilling uh, into, uh, they've got a piece of drywall up with the wood studs in it. She's drilling into the stud. Don't make a joke about that. Uh, and, uh, okay, we'll talk about Heidi's hair in a second. They have an, uh, they have an electrician on the show called Judy McHale, and she is showing them how you can, uh, put wiring into drywall by using a rat. She attaches a rat to, uh, a, you know, piece of wire, and we'll have the rat run through the wall, and that's how you can put wiring into tight spaces inside your walls. Uh, but over the course... <laughs> Of this tool time segment, we find out some things about Judy, who's a pretty weird person. Uh, it turns out that, uh, you know, well, Judy puts the rat in the wall and then is going to use cheese to bait the rat to run the wire through. But then Al has eaten the cheese. So instead, Tim tries to motivate the rat by going up to the hole that they put it in and yelling at the rat to to run through there and making cat noises. Instead, the rat bites his nose. And then Judy confesses that she's not Judy... Her sister is Judy. Her name is Trudy. She lied about who she is to come on the show because she's obsessed with Al. Oh my God! And it's the it's the it is the meatiest tool time segment that that <laughs> to ever not have any impact on the rest of the episode. Oh man. Um. So now look, and and as we dive into this, let me just say. Tim okay. makes some shitty jokes up front about Al's weight. He says the thing about like oh, you know, something about my spe- argument right away. Okay, I'm no. I'm just saying. I'm I'm just saying. I know that I speak highly of this tool time segment, and I don't want to yeah. suggest that Tim's ritual fat shaming of Al is okay. It's not. Yeah. I think it just like part of it is. I guess yes. I've been bludgeoned into submission by the nature of this show. And B <laughs> the 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 rest of the segment. The segment goes on for a minute. It goes on kind of long. Yeah. But for me, I it feel doesn't... like they've been throwing away the tool time segments for half the season. So yeah. I'm, I mean, outside of like the episodes that are about tool time, like yeah. doing up the the rental place, um, yeah, they're just like I'm thinking back to the last episode with uh, you know doing oh, the roofing. Yeah. yeah, the roofing guy. Yeah, which is just they ask him about aliens, and then that's like <laughs> right. that's like thirty seconds on there. That this one is long. And, like, it is so long that it, during it, I'm like, okay, I guess the episode's going to be about rats wiring walls, I guess. But <laughs> the fact that it's long, but it doesn't drag because they keep throwing new weird shit at you throughout it. And I, I, I don't know. I I have so much love for this for this segment, but I want to hear about, about your thoughts on it before I gush. Okay, I, I so I will also just acknowledge so that we don't have to come back to it. The Tim jokes... I, I was ready to let it just pass the fat joke. Uh, just even being annoyed that it was coming back from a place where I thought we left it. But then he like he goes for it longer. He makes noises. He does With, pantomime. It's just, it's awful. And it's, very, it's, it's quite cruel. And if I'm being honest, Tim and Al just have different body types. And I would say yes. of Al's body type, he is fit and just ready to tear a house down. Tim, for his body type, is looking a little pudgy. Yeah, yeah. Like, like Al, like, Al is just, and we've said this a million times, Al is powerfully built. Like, Al is in yes. fine shape, and it's not like it would be okay to make fun of someone who was in worse shape. It wouldn't be. But the jokes 
are they're writing it like Al is Mr. Creosote or something from that Monty <laughs> right. Python movie. When, when no, he's like a normal looking dude who ha- like I, I'm just BMI, whatever. I don't know. Like it's all bullshit to obsess <laughs> about, but I'm just, yeah, it, 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 it is so the, the show, it, it is such a lazy bit. It is lazy yeah. and cruel and it is not reflective of what uh, Al or Richard Karn looks like. So, so, uh, you and know, it goes beyond Tim because there's the moment when he eats the cheese where I'm like, Al wouldn't do that. And now you're just kind of playing into mm-hmm. the whole thing the t- you're yeah. given justification and validation to tim making these jokes it just it i yeah. didn't like that at all it, it, um, it suggests not only it suggests that like it's not just oh tim is it, tim is cruel and these things he says about al are not true al having eaten the first piece of food that is left out for him suggests that oh tim is justified in making these cracks yeah. exactly yeah no i i don't like it i don't like it at all um but okay so you saying I, I am kind of intrigued by the rest of your response to this scene, uh, particularly with Judy Trudy. Um, I'm I'm weighing with myself. I think I'm going to keep it to myself. It's it's okay. locked in my vault. So I will say there's a reason for it all, and that's it. Uh, but I do want to go into a character actor corner. Yeah, uh, for Judy Trudy. Uh, National Treasure, maybe? Oh, she's in the movie National Treasure? <laughs> she's not. Does uh, she own the Book will, of Secrets? She is seminal in my childhood and adolescence and teenhood. Uh, her first, she has 82 credits, and her first credit goes back to 1992, playing a little character you might have heard of, Carl, called... <laughs> Carl? Marla. She played Carl? She she played Marla Hooch. Wait, is that wait? No, she's not Marla Hooch. I was going to think is that the one from Pee Wee's Big Adventure, but that's Large Marge. Um, <laughs> that's Large Marge. Yes. Who's Marla Hooch? I know that name. She played second base for the Peaches in A League of Their Own. Fuck! Oh my god. Okay. Wait, is she <laughs> the one who writes the song about them? Like, we have Canadians. And da, 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 oh, like. you know, it's been so long. I can't remember that detail or not. Because Rosie O'Donnell is the one with the shitty kid, right? Or is she the one with the shitty kid? Is this... <laughs> no, is I this... think that's another one. <laughs> I think that's another actress. Okay, the, the, uh, this is the episode where we realize we have to watch A League of Their Own and do I, an episode It's been on it. my rewatch list for a very long time. I think that yeah. is the classic American film. It's um, it's, it's, it's great. It's great. She it's, went, uh, John Lovitz yelling at that like at that sheep or whatever. <laughs> well, you shut up. Him saying he has to give his wife a pickle tickle. A lot of really good uh, John Lovitz moments in a very small part. Go on. Okay. Um, she went from that to becoming a regular in Mel Brooks's later films. Uh, she was in Robin Hood Men in Tights. Oh. And she was in um, Dracula Dead and Loving It. Okay. She had an appearance on Tales from the Crypt. Uh, she was in the infamous Danny DeVito, Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, Junior. Twi- okay. <laughs> I was going to say Twins, but I guess that's the other infamous uh, Schwarzenegger, DeVito movie. She's done a lot of TV work on Roseanne and Home Improvement, uh, Friends, mm. Will and Grace. Um... She is going to appear in another thing we're going to watch this season. 
She Ooh. appears in For Richer or Poorer, the Tim Allen movie. You know, I really, I, I do appreciate how much it seems to be just Tim Allen putting friends or regular collaborators in the things that he does. And maybe I'm giving well, Tim Allen I too much credit. I wouldn't give him the credit for that. I mean, I'm sure he works with the same directors and... Like, yeah, it, I think... Who who directed For Rich or Poor? We'll find that out sooner or later. Is it Pasquin? I don't... I, no, I don't think no, Pasquin Brian directed Spicer. it. Yeah. Uh, spicy. So uh, she's she has eighty one credits of things that definitely pinged my my radar uh, growing up. So uh, I have a soft spot for Megan Cavanaugh. Uh, the question though is on the tip of your tongue, and I keep interrupting you. Yes, and I'm going to say that she was not on ER. I didn't. I didn't even ask the question. Was she on ER? I'm going to say she was not on ER. You're going to say she's not on ER. Incorrect. With, what? <laughs> in 1997, uh, she appeared on an episode uh, playing a character named Darlene. The I episode was Obstruction of Justice. Because it just seemed like she was doing more comedy stuff. It just didn't seem like ER was a natural fit for her. But uh, what what the fuck do I know? Everyone was on ER, <laughs> except for the ones who weren't. Um... <laughs> So what I love about this character, Judy, quote unquote, Judy McHale, is that West Wing. Really? Okay. Uh, She like she she talks about, you know, we have Judy out here. She's a master electrician. She's going to talk to us about how she likes to get wiring into tight spaces in walls. And she says, yep, it's called Judy's way. All right. Well, uh, what's 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 Judy's way? What's right here in Judy's toolbox? And then, you know, Tim says, why don't you use Judy's hand to open Judy's toolbox? And she pulls out a rat and, she, and they say, yeah, I use this rat. And she says that the rat is, is Judy's way. And yep. and Al says, does the rat have a name? And she says, I call him Judy's rat. And I just, I cracked up. Like, Every, this, everything, everything about this is great. I love, I, I do love this character and I love what, what's going on here. She she is she is so 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 funny. She is so because also it's just completely weird. It's unapologetically <laughs> weird and it's absurd and it works. She she I use them to run all kinds of wires for I including computer wires and uh okay, well like earlier like Al makes some kind of joke and they both share a huge laugh over it. And then and she, I use them to run all kinds of wires including computer wires and Tim goes, "So you need a rat to use your mouse." And then Judy just like frowns at him and says, Judy takes her work very seriously. <laughs> okay, at that point, I was—I couldn't even tell if she was talking about the rat or about herself in third person. <laughs> no, she's definitely talking about herself in third person, which is a thing that sort of develops over the course of the of the bit. Admittedly, okay. Immediately after Judy takes her work very seriously, Tim then says Judy needs a man, which I don't love. That's not good. No, that was also gross, and I hated it. Okay, and I hate it, but then Judy runs with it and goes, Judy heard that angrily to Tim, and then turns to Al and goes, it's true, though, and gives him this this doe-eyed look, which it doesn't make it okay for Tim to suggest that an eccentric woman needs a man to fix her, but it is funny that she's horny for Al. I always love when <laughs> women are in love with Al. The specificity uh, of her being horny for Al is awesome and great and totally understandable, uh, yes. The fact that the writers are writing that into it is a little weird. Uh, yeah. You know, I, like that she has to acknowledge it and that, I don't know. The, I, I, again, I don't want to play Monday morning 
writer's room. Yes, I do. Uh, <laughs> I think there's a better way of getting to the same point and having it be equally as funny. I, it it didn't it didn't need to be there. That that like that could yeah. that really could have just ended with Judy takes her work very seriously. The joke only needed to go that far. We didn't need Tim to get a shot back in, which is one of the biggest weaknesses of the show is that there's this sense that Tim always has to have the last laugh and that leads us to some of our cruelest places. Yes. Um but then Landon then <laughs> she's walking over to the wall with her rat and jump in at any time if you have stuff to say about this, but she she says she's talking about how she's trained this rat to run wild wires through all kinds of different walls and she says as she's walking over to their demo wall i've also taught him how to run wire through walls filled with asbestos and then we get an extreme close-up on the rat this red-eyed white rat which looks at the camera and then its mouth is edited kind of like very like second-rate babe style very airbud yeah yeah very yeah something like Wait, that does air does airbud Tonk? No, it's it's no, it's not Airbud. I I think and I'm trying to remember if the Incredible baby Journey geniuses, baby G ge- oh baby geniuses is is where the dogs talk. It the, they it's where make the babies it, talk. The, <laughs> Those are geniuses, Truman. Exactly, and keep and this up, rat, keep up. this rat may be. St- I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I you know what I I haven't finished the whole baby geniuses oeuvre. I've only seen the first one. <laughs> I didn't see baby geniuses too. Um, You're missing out on prime Zach Galifianakis performance <laughs> is that prime but they we she's taught this rat how to run wire through walls filled with asbestos we get an extreme close-up on this white red-eyed rat and its mouth is edited to look like it's opening and the rat coughs a few times directly into the camera <laughs> the joke is that the rat has lung cancer <laughs> Can you even, can you even, I mean, on its own in a vacuum, I would probably be critical of it, but because everything else is so weird. And with this, with this segment, they were just like, they had a handful of spaghetti and were like, let's chuck this shit at the nearest wall. And the, and the mesothelioma rat stuck. I love a primetime sitcom in 1998 in Bill Clinton's America. And they want you to laugh at a rat with a debilitating disease. It is so, I don't know. I don't know why. I think, honestly, I think our divergent opinions about this episode are just representative of the fact that Landon still has a few brain cells and I am gone completely around the bend. (laughs) I am Donald Sutherland at the end of Invasion of the Body Snatchers pointing and shrieking. Like, I am on the other side now. I love the cancer rat. <laughs> it's uh, it, it. It was a moment that like I I like did a double take. I spit water out of my mouth, going wait what? And like <laughs> looked at the the TV twice to make sure I saw what I saw. That that gif of of Paul Rudd in Wet Hot American Summer doing the double take. That was you <laughs> exactly. And then I looked at my. <laughs> my brown alcohol bottle and thought, oh, I can't touch yeah. that again. <laughs> you, yeah, th- tossed it away, rubbed your eyes. <laughs> Time to get sober. <laughs> um, So, uh, yeah, they put the rat into a hole in the wall. Tim is, you know, Al has eaten the cheese. We don't need to talk about that. At, yeah, at we, this we point, synopsized it, it. Yeah, we synopsized it. Okay. Tim getting bit on the nose by the rat and going, Judy's rat bit Tim's nose. And then Judy saying, Judy has a confession to make. It's not really Judy's rat. I'm not really Judy. Like, just the fact that it's a very, like, the episode could, this, I kind of wish it just ended there. 
I mean, okay, true, yes. <laughs> like if it, they, I mean, I like that she's horny for Al and confesses that's how she decided to get onto the show. But like, I wish that it just ended with this hard, like, oh shit, I was just bit by a lung cancer rat, <laughs> <laughs> and by someone who faked her identity to get here. <laughs> like, if it took that hard of an absurdist cut to the dual time episode, I would have been in stitches. I I mean, I, like, the thing that I would have assumed that it was going to do is just, Judy's rat bit Tim's nose, and it's next scene. The fact that they, like, I agree, maybe that absurdist take that you put out there would have been better, but I just love that it's like, we're going to extend this bit one joke further. <laughs> oh, and and invert one more assumption. You You thought that Judy was who she said she was. You thought that this world had rules and made sense. Nope, we're the Joker. Welcome to a world without rules. This isn't Judy. This is Trudy. There's a whole much deeper, darker background to this character. <laughs> I, just anytime, anytime this show surprises me, I, I hmm. watch a lot of sitcoms from the past and I am I generally know what to expect from a sitcom anytime that I'm surprised it just immediately is a it it elates me so well then you know what just for that this episode makes me happy because I know that there are surprises in store for you in the coming season so okay we getting my hopes up super high (laughs) Um, well i feel after you saying that uh and after seeing this episode i feel confident in saying that okay well yeah i guess yeah now you know you know i'm i'm kind of like a baby i'm easily surprised like oh there were first there were hands but now there's a face there this is amazing episode of home improvement oh the face is gone again at all yeah none um so anyway to the next scene yes the next scene Back at home. Uh, I, well, I do, I do love that the scene transition out of that is uh, a rat biting around the, the the screen into a little heart, uh, framing mm. Al and and uh, Trudy. I have to. Yes. It's, it's confusing to me because Al's or Richard Carn's wife is Tootie, who plays Chill's sister Carrie <laughs> on the show, and now yeah. Trudy, who used to be Judy, is in love with Al on the show as well it's weird (laughs) yeah yeah uh well i mean just thank god doug flutie wasn't on this episode because then he would have been uh, even further around the bend flutie flakes uh okay so back home at the taylor residence uh brad no no dollar and dollar in the jar you're giving larin some more work no, it's more it's 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 worse than that though because it's in my notes as Brad and it's Mark. God damn oh, that's, it! That's a that's a double that's, that's, dollar. Okay, yeah, Laren, it's two dollars in the jar for this one. Okay, that's Mark, a that's a two dollar bill. You got to go to the bank and request that oh specifically. Got to go like get one of the ones that my grandfather gave me when I was a kid, and I have to <laughs> dig it out of my old cash box because oh they're special, they don't make them anymore. Okay, so Mark has joined a Brad. <sighs> no. Oh my god, that's another dollar in the jar. No, no, I didn't no, it's not a dollar in the jar. I was it trying is. to say I was trying to say Mark has joined a band with Ronnie. I instead said Mark okay, has joined a Brad with 50 Ronnie. Fifty cents so, if you if you 50, confuse the boys' no, names with a, a with, musical with a, activity. With, just a, with a noun? Yeah, no, it's it's a different no, it's a different jar. It's a different set of rules. It's like I put Canadian right, money go, in that jar. It could go jar. into a different jar. It goes into a jar that, that we donate to like a fund for people who have strokes okay. while doing podcasts. <laughs> Mark has joined a band 
with his friend, Ronnie. And Mark is playing bass in that band despite not knowing how to play a musical instrument. Ronnie is the vocalist. Jill is vexed Uh by this. Tim comes home, Band-Aid on his nose, upset about Randy not taking the test with him. Uh, Jill and Tim talk about uh, the fact that they don't want Randy driving after dark. Jill makes mention of uh, there's... I guess, state laws in some states about how teenagers aren't allowed to drive after dark. Statistics show that there are more accidents after dark. Tim mm-hmm. is uh, hesitant about this. He says that we can't have different rules for different kids because Brad was allowed to night drive right after he got his license. And, uh, yeah, so they're at kind of an impasse over what they're going to do about this. Um, Better an impasse than an overpass. That was a driving joke! Ah, better an impasse than a Tim pass, which is when Tim hits on a lady. Uh, so he doesn't seem like he has a lot of interest in doing that. No, he no, he doesn't. I mean, look, say what you will about Tim. He is incredibly faithful to his wife and does not seem to be horny for anything other than cars or his wife. Um, and mainly cars. Um, so what, what what do you got? Have you got? Does anything in this scene jump out for you? Um, yeah, a few things. Um. They're joining a band. That's awesome. I have yeah. more comments to talk about the band later. Oh yes, um, that, that little performance that 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 set they do. <laughs> I we get a. I'm gonna look this up actually in real time because I uh, earlier this season I uh, speculated that Mark's shirt was a play on a death metal band uh, Slayer or uh, I can't remember what it might have been. It might have just been Slayer, but now mm-hmm. we actually get a name, and I don't know if this is a real band or not. I've never heard of it, and I was into dark stuff at this time, so I'm wondering if it's just made up, but it's New Bosses. New Bosses? B- is that N-U or N-E-W? N-E-W, or N-E-U-B-O-S-I-S. Ooh. Wow. A spelling that even I could not conceive of. <laughs> Which is why I'm thinking, oh, new neurosis. Oh, okay, it is oh. a real band. I the 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 serif made the R look like a B on my mm. very blurry television. So let's go back to 1998 for neurosis and see what was playing at that time. In fact, I have the album cover is his shirt. It's uh from an wow. album in 1994 called Enemy of the Sun and you can actually read it on the bottom of his t-shirt. Do you want to listen to um the first track on that metal album? Just to yeah, see yeah. what m- see what Mark is into? Yeah, yeah, cr- yeah, crank it up, uh, blast it. Ooh. This is real dark stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> I didn't realize it would start with a 40 minute intro of a psychologist talking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's definitely setting a mood. All right, I'm going to go to the next song. Yeah, okay, yeah, skip to the next one. All right. Do you think that Mark and Ronnie had these same experiences sitting in their room listening to this album? (laughs) I'm going to skip to the next one. Uh, Some comments on the side while this loads. One of the best metal bands ever. I saw Neurosis at Ruthie's... Whoa. 
ear splitting. I know exactly this kind of 90s metal. <laughs> it takes itself a little too seriously. Yeah. These really long dovetails. Yeah. Into... Gotta set the scene. Yeah, yeah, get people into the right mood. We can't just hit them with the with the metal right away. We need to we need to work them up to it. You need to reach that like pre-civilization primal scream mm. phase. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It has to sound ancient. This this rock transcends <laughs> time and space. This is Lovecraftian almost. Yes, the the unspeakable beats. Well, so far it's not very metally. No, it's not. <laughs> I think That's enough just of that. Go away entirely. Yeah, not a great band. I don't think Neurosis is a great band. <laughs> I I think you're gonna hear something maybe a little bit different when you listen to the playback of this. I think my headphones cut out <laughs> a lot of what just happened. Um. So, <laughs> uh, oh, so that's the band. Okay, is, that's the band that's influencing Mark and uh, yes. Ronnie's band. Yes, and and just Mark in general, like that's what he's been listening to these last couple months. That's this is what turned him dark. This is what made his clothes black. Do you? Would you, as a parent? I know that's asking a lot of you to put yes. yourself in that, that kind of situation. Would that concern you if you if your kid, like say your nephew or someone younger than you? Uh, that you're kind of close to started getting into that. Would you worry? Uh, no, probably not. Just because I like I know what kind of shit I was into at that. But like this, it doesn't seem like if I even if I were a parent in the '90s who was inclined to be worried about that, I probably would have seen a few uh like scare tactics local news <laughs> pieces about guar and it'd be like well at least it's not guar eh, it's fine uh, whatever okay all right so you you had the benefit of like the news stories already coming out and realizing that it was basically a joke where i i was coming up where kids were getting expelled from school wearing a corn t-shirt Oh my god! Just a corn T-shirt? You could get expelled over corn back then. Oh, it was man, it was a, a big period. controversy in Michigan. A kid getting expelled for wearing a corn shirt. Um, <laughs> was the, there wait? Was there a huge? Was there a huge like pro corn contingent in Michigan who like? <laughs> this is our culture. corn themselves that got involved. It was really it was huge. Yeah, it was oh like a, a nationwide thing. Um, so I, I just always wondered, like, because there was I did have a moment when. You know, I was able to kind of hide Metallica from my parents, but the second that they saw me buy an album when we were all together in Florida on a trip uh, from a band called Megadeth, mm -hmm. then my dad was like, oh, that doesn't sound like something you should be listening to at 13, <laughs> which, like, that's the only age to listen to Megadeth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think that my vibe just generally was if I had a kid... And I would have a pretty wide latitude for stuff they were into because of my memories of playing violent video games, like, around yep. the time that Columbine was happening. And my parents were always, like, they never told me I couldn't play violent video games, but they were always kind of looking out the corner of their eye at me, like, if you shoot up a school, 
I'm going to be Ooh. so pissed at you. Like, just don't, please don't do that. Like, I don't know. So, like, I'm, because yeah. of my experience with, with adults, like, feeling weird about adults judging me based on what I listened to, or not listened to, but played and, and did what kind of media I was into, I, I would I would give a pretty wide latitude, I think. If my kid was okay. into neurosis, uh, I would I would be like, uh, just use headphones because they suck and I don't want to hear them, but you can listen to them. I'm not worried about you. I don't respect give your the taste album. in music. I, I am going to give the album uh, its fair shake uh, after the podcast. Uh, I, I'm wondering if just uh, not the right right uh, frame of mind to be introduced to something a little more cerebral like that. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe in the middle of live recording a podcast is not the perfect time to start experiencing <laughs> uh, a new band. <laughs> and and any you band. Um oh, nice. a couple a couple lines from this scene that really yeah. sent me. Uh okay. Tim and Jill are arguing about the notion of Randy driving after dark. Tim says that, you know, it's uh, Tim is saying uh Tim is saying that we used to drive around uh, all the time. At, well, or they're talking about how they used to drive around all the time when they were younger, when they were like teens. And Tim says, "Well, and also night isn't as dark as it was when we first started driving." And Jill goes, <laughs> "What?" And Tim goes, "El Nino." And it's, uh, I just absurd, hilarious. Tim, well, Tim grasping at straws to make make his argument, and I think that's funny. I I like the line. Night isn't as dark as it was when we were kids. That is just objectively a top-notch line. Uh, El Nino, and I'm not saying this isn't funny, it's just I, I'm trying to now as an adult and having lived in Los Angeles for 15 years wrap my head around why the idea of El Nino was so big in 97 and 98. Like, El Ninos didn't just start coming that year. Why, why was that year in particular... I so big I, on like I, I think of when Chris Farley hosted in '98. He did the you know WWF Weather Wrestling Federation channel yeah. El Nino character. Like, what was it about 1998 and El Ninos? I look. I think the real thing is that the country was just so boring back then. Like, no, like just. Nothing was going like the biggest thing they had going on was trying to impeach the president over a blowjob. And I guess there's some <laughs> slightly different weather. The, the I, climate I this, is stable. We have to report on something. This there's, and a, war. there's a Wikipedia entry called 1997 to 98 El Nino event. Yeah. Yeah. You ready? I Yeah. Tell me. Oh, you know this one. Okay. Uh, no. The uh, the El Nino in 1997-98 was regarded as one of the most powerful El Nino Southern Oscillation events in recorded history, resulting in widespread droughts, flooding, and other natural disasters across the globe. Mm. Uh, it caused an estimated 16% of the world's reefs to die. Wow. Oh, Jesus. Uh, and temporarily warmed air temperature by 1.5 degrees Celsius compared to the usual increase of two point or 0.25. Uh, Celsius associated with the El Nino events. That that's pretty intense. That's pretty intense. That's like as intense as like any given Tuesday uh, here in 2022. Oh, 16 percent of the world's coral reefs died. Oh, the temperature of a thing that's supposed to be one temperature went up by an ominous number of degrees. Like, <laughs> like yeah, it, I guess it's just hard to take people in the 90s freaking out about extreme weather seriously from now. Like, yeah. oh, did, were, were three of the largest wildfires in California history happening concurrently? Uh, 
<laughs> I don't I, I don't know how worried I am. Um, right, right. Yeah. Um, so then, but then the other bit that I think is my favorite bit from this episode, my favorite running gag, you know, Tim is Tim is saying that we, you know, oh, we let Brad drive at night when he first got his license, and Jill says, yeah, and on his first night out, Brad crashed into somebody, he lied to us about it, the guy tried to sue us, and then our insurance rates went up, and Tim just kind of listens to this, like his point has clearly been completely demolished, Jill has clearly won the argument, and Tim just goes, yeah, I got bit by a rat today. <laughs> it's, I just died laughing it's just lie. So... i i think the way you did it is a little bit funnier uh, okay now don't take that away from tim allen like it just <laughs> just is defeated mean, okay. like it's 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 not a tim allen problem it's it's and this particular iteration of it was funny i like i like this first one he does it two more times in the episode and both of them I don't know. Maybe it's because he had already lost me. It felt like he was el- trying to elicit sympathy from me that I'm just like, no, fuck you. You, know, well, I mean, he, you he, get nothing from me. He he is trying to elicit sympathy. That's that's the joke. Like, is that he is just that is the only card he has to play. Like, don't you feel bad? Won't you give me this? <laughs> yeah. That's what and makes I, it good. I, to me, I don't know. It's bringing toxic masculinity out in me because I'm just like, no, fucking grow up. Grow up. Here, yeah. Dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just right, deal yeah. with your fucking sorrow. Rub some dirt on it, you girl. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I loved every instance of it, and I'm going to talk about every instance of it that we get, right, because good. that's how great it is. I, do I have, got one do more have, note. Yeah, yeah. I got one more for this scene, which is I love that there's a bit of continuity in the show where Jill is wearing her glasses. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yes. God, that was a whole thing, Jill trying new glasses. Was that only last episode? Um, was it last episode? It I don't even two, know when it two, was. It was, no, the it was one two, with Tim's mom. Ago. Yeah, 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 Tim's mom. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is good. I was, I was thinking like Jill's got glasses. Is that a new deal? Um, and I should have remembered that it is a new deal. Uh, now I have to, I have to admit, I am looking because I, as usual, have the episode playing in the background, and I am looking at those countertops, going, I wonder how much those are. Mm-hmm. Well, they are, they are, as you remember, they're new countertops put in by a very horny workman. So I kind of want to go back and rewatch that episode to think of, uh, try to get ideas for my place now. Yeah, try to get ideas for how to pick up on lonely housewives. Yeah, that's uh, he's got a lot of good tips. <laughs> Although I don't have a tool show to <laughs> completely uh, uh, write off every expense, but you know, oh, what are you going to do? What? Yeah, you, you have this podcast, and your co-host is a huge tool, so you could probably make something happen. Uh, so, our next scene from this, unless yeah. you have more. Uh, uh, just the transition is a claymation rat biting through the screen and then jumping at us. All, all rats. The the Every transition is clay rats, uh, made of probably the just same like the clay aliens. that made that weird sperm, yes. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Brad walks in. Uh, you know, yeah. we're still at home. Brad walks in with Randy post driver's test and, uh, you know, uh, congratulations. Randy got his, uh, got his license. He's super excited. He wants to take Lauren out to Gross Point for dinner. Uh, Gross Point, for those of you who don't know, is a suburb of Detroit. Uh, yep. uh, uh John Cusack went to high school there and then he goes back there, uh, for a reunion. <laughs> but the fact that he's a hitman complicates things. Uh, I'm making... I don't actually know if John Cusack, the actor, is from there. Okay, I'm bogging us down. Um, I'm just talking about the Croyd. <laughs> then we can dig it. Uh, <laughs> so, 
Tim and, uh, you know, Tim and Jill both struggle to uh, burst Randy's bubble by telling him that they don't want him to drive at night. Uh, they don't really project a unified front on this, but they they kind of put it through to him that we don't want you to drive after dark for a month. Randy is outraged by this and uh, is upset that they are uh, applying different rules to him than they did to Brad. Understandably. Understandably so. Yeah. Uh, okay, right out the gate. Brad walks in, sees Tim with the bandage <laughs> on his nose from the rat. What happened to you? And Tim goes, forget about it, Brad. It's Chinatown. Mwah, 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 mwah. <laughs> Chef's kisses. Mwah, mwah, mwah. This price sounds gross on Mike. Mwah, mwah, mwah. I love it so much. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's going to be even worse. Uh, all, all our misophonia listeners, enjoy another reason to hate grunt work. Um, great bit. <laughs> I I love that as dumb as Tim is, he has watched a lot of good movies. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that was a great line, and I as soon as I don't know a line like that though is like I, I get so much enjoyment out of it, but it's like so much. I know how much it tickles you that it makes me just more happy than it makes me giggly because I know <laughs> oh Truman loved that one. Truman got it's... one out of this episode, and that makes Truman... me happy. Truman got a bunch out of this episode. I wish they would do more horror-oriented episodes so I could have that same happiness for you. Well, I'll just rewatch A Night to Dismember again. I, I, I assume you kind of already have been doing that. And and so then, I mean, also, Randy, when he's... I don't know, I think Tim has a lot of good lines here because then Randy is, is objecting to this and he says, why do I have to pay for Brad's screw-ups? And Tim goes, well, that's kind of how the system works. You pay for Brad's mistakes, but then Mark will pay for your mistakes. <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, and, I, and Randy, I, well, and I liked Randy's line there. He's like, what mistakes am I making? Yeah. <laughs> Which I, yeah. I immediately love that Tim's like, it's all part of the system and Randy staying true to his character is like, the system sucks. <laughs> the system doesn't work. <laughs> well, Randy goes, what mistakes am I making? And Tim goes, being related to Brad. <laughs> it's, it, it, it is, it is good. It is like the, just the, di- the dialogue and all of like what we're getting into here is the meat of just all of this family drama playing out just in uh, the rest of the episode is just them in the living room dealing with changing uh, situations and, and people's emotions and it's really just it's just really funny <laughs> because then the, the the scene ends with you know Randy is so pissed at Tim for okay and also I think a reason that I am more pro Tim in this episode is Tim doesn't agree with what Jill wants to do but because Jill goes ahead with it I get that Tim is being reluctant I get that Tim is not enthusiastically backing it Tim is still going along and telling the boys this is what we want to does- do you have to do it yeah, he does have that moment where he backs her, and I, I'll, I'll give him props for that for sure. And but so so Randy says to him, like, "Come on, Dad, how could you let Mom talk you into this?" And Tim goes, "I got bit by a rat today." That and that's the one that that bothered me because it's just <sighs> completely shirking his responsibilities. You know, like I, well, it, it undercuts him backing Jill in that moment. I I mean, but it's so ridiculous. Like, like it, it seems to me like the Cardi's just playing. It's like, don't give me a hard time, man. I got bit by a rat today. <laughs> I mean, I I get that. I I get that. But let, let me let, uh, let me explain. Let me let me explain. Explain it. Um, okay. you see, a comedy <laughs> sets up an expectation and then it subverts it. And so normally you're thinking he's going to explain how mm. Jill mm-hmm. talked him into this because that's what he would normally yeah. do. You would not expect him. To say that a rat bit his nose. So, if I'm getting you right, you are leading by example. 
<laughs> this is a comedy podcast. And I am I and you're yeah, subverting and I, people's expectations. Yes, exactly. I people people would not expect me to completely miss a joke. Uh people would not expect me to to have a long, awkward pause where I don't pick up on the comedy land it is putting down until painfully long after the fact. <laughs> That's on me. Um no, no, I don't think it is. Uh what what else you what else you got here, Landon? Start talking I, I so I can to- stop. No, I don't have too much of this scene, actually. I think the one thing I'll give this episode credit for is it's got a really good pace. I think it clips along nicely. Um, mm-hmm. and doesn't, Unlike our know, episodes. We, we keep, we've banged the drum for the last two episodes, I feel like, of them just like repeating the scene we saw right before it. Yeah. And this one doesn't do that, and I like that no. a lot. It does not. This is, I think part of why we were so harsh on the previous episodes, or at least why I was so harsh, was because I knew they were capable of episodes like this. <laughs> um, okay, so we transitioned from there. I don't know if you remember what the, the mice are doing, or what the rats uh, are doing I in think that it was transition. A, no, I think it was a scene slide transition this time. Mm, okay. Uh, so... Jill is uh, at home, and she gets a call from uh, she gets a call for Mark. I, th- I guess this is the next day, uh, and it turns out that being in the band has made Mark quite popular. A lot of people want to hang out with him. The other bandmates want to hang out with Mark, um, and she's excited <laughs> about the we we talk about this band. I, I've got notes. Oh my god! Okay, get get ready for this episode to get very long at the, right at the end, even though it is already quite long. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah, right. Well, no, 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 no. I mean, let's go for it, man. Let's do a three-parter if we have to. We need to, like, uh, the the band is, time. is big. Yeah, makeup time. Uh, yeah, exactly, because we didn't do two episodes for two weeks, so we'll just yeah. do six hours on the band. Um, so we'll just <laughs> podcast for two weeks straight. Yes, exactly. That's what the world is crying out for right now, because <laughs> it keeps us off the streets. Uh, so Randy comes home from an afternoon date with Lauren. He is very bitter about the fact that they can't go out after dark. Uh... Mark then comes in and asks if he can go and rehearse with the band and be back by 11. Jill is at first uh, reluctant to do this because it's a school night, but because she wants Mark to make friends and have an active social life, she relents. This makes Randy even angrier. Uh, uh, Jill and Mark leave, and it's just Brad and Randy at the house, and uh, Randy angrily grabs the keys and storms out the door, telling... uh, Brad asks, where are you going? And Randy says... I don't know, but I'm driving there in the dark, which is just a <laughs> fucking, it's a great line, and it's a powerful delivery from Jonathan Taylor Thomas, the scene fucking rules. Um, um That is so, actually Zachary Ty Bryan. Uh, no, well, no, Randy's Randy's line, I, I don't know, but I'm driving there in the dark, that's that's his line. Oh, wait, what? Yeah, I thought okay, Brad is Landon, rubbing Randy's face in it. Well, no, 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 no. It's Brad. Brad and Randy are talking. Brad, like Randy, is angry. He grabs the keys and starts walking to the garage. Brad says, oh, okay. "Where are you going?" Randy, I don't know, but I'm driving there in the dark. And Brad then says, "Mark's gonna pay for this," which is a fun callback to earlier. Um, <laughs> okay, I, I'm on board with you. Okay, th- we're finally on the same page. You should put some money in a jar of some sort, though, because I feel All right, like okay, I'll I put a like dollar for in. once. Yeah, yeah, enjoy enjoy that petard that you've been ho- hoisted on. <laughs> it's like when you call someone on their bullshit word and Scrabble, and then you get it backlashed on you. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I what I like about this scene in particular and what it does for the episode is that what is happening to Randy is clearly unfair. It's an unfair situation. Yes, yes. but. Nobody is just, like, blindly, unrealistically villainous in this situation. Jill's, yeah, I like Jill's, that. 
Yeah, like like Jill's reasoning for why she wants to let Mark go out. Like, yeah, she's concerned about Mark making friends. She's worried. Like, she wants that to happen. It makes sense that she would do that. She's, the reasons she's being unreasonable, but not out of character. Yes. Yeah. And and there's reasons for her to be unreasonable. Like, I could see myself as a parent making all the same choices she's making. And even Jill mm. is aware. I think of the unfairness of what she's doing, but she also just kind of has it in her head. Like, well, I've got to do it. Like at no Jill is not being tyrannical or anything. She's just looking at it like, well, that, you know, this is what makes sense. This is what's safe. Look what happened right. last time. We let one of the boys go out and drive at night after getting his license. Like her, every, everything that everyone is doing here makes sense. Randy's reaction is not overtly mean or petulant. It's a very normal reaction for a 16 year old to have to this. Uh, Brad, uh, the only reactions, I mean, I don't know, and Brad is just, like, kind of walking around being weird and eating pizza in a strange way, and that's its own thing. <laughs> there, I, yeah, uh, I, I do like the background joke here of Brad just consuming everything. There's a, it's not the scene, it's the next one, um, <sighs> but I'll point it out, there's a really funny food joke in that. Have you, have you got, uh, what, what have you got, though? I've been gushing about this scene yet again. I'm just gushing all over the place this episode. <laughs> I got nothing. I actually, I don't have too much uh, too much for the scene. I, I I think it's indicative that it's just like the, the story's moving along, that there's doesn't leave you a lot to comment on. Yeah, the, I mean, there is a great line where, where you know, when Tim, when Randy is saying to Jill, uh, well, wait, why does, why does Mark get to go out late? I never got to do that. And Jill says, you never had trouble making friends. This band has been really good for Mark. And Randy goes, so Mark gets fewer rules because he's a dork, and I get more rules because Brad's a dork? Just... <laughs> That's a great line. It's a really good line. It's a really good, good line. <laughs> um... Let's yeah. go to the next scene. Uh, we get the nomad uh, transitioning us. It drives, uh, wipes the frame, and then drives off into the void, taking us to commercial. And we come back where Tim and Jill are coming home. Yes, and so Brad is at home uh, eating a pizza. Okay, no, I'll, I'll, we'll talk about that in a second. He's just eating a pizza yeah. in a great okay. way. Tim and Jill get back from, I guess, a PTA meeting that they were at, and they start asking about where Randy is, and Brad, God bless him, tries to cover for Randy, and God bless him, does a shitty job of it. Um, <laughs> Tim and Jill realize that Randy is out with the Nomad, and uh, Jill is upset about this and wants to go out and find him, and Tim is also upset about this, but is also upset with Jill, and is saying that uh, Jill kind of prompted this Randy's acting out and it makes sense for him to be doing this because of Jill's behavior is what Tim is saying because she applied different and unfair rules to him and they uh so you know they Jill wants to go out and look Tim tells her no that let's just sit and wait for him to come back and we'll deal with it when he gets back they and then they sit down to eat some pizza and make an uncomfortable <laughs> discovery about the pizza Landon, I was obsessed with Brad eating pizza in this scene. Talk um, about it. Talk. Tell us about how he eats the pizza. Mostly because I, my eyes just gravitory, gravitate toward pizza. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like Hannibal Lecter, like like Clarice, do your eyes, draw, are they drawn towards things that attract you, that you desire? <laughs> uh, mostly because I've been pizza sober for going on 500 days now, and um, I deeply, deeply miss it. Um, the struggle is real, but yeah. Brad is doing maybe one of the most teenager things a teenager can do. I don't he, even know. 
<laughs> the scene opens with him grabbing a slice of pizza out of the pizza box and not putting it into his mouth, but then no. taking his other hand and in a claw-like fashion, just scraping the double cheese off of it and just draping it into his mouth from above. <laughs> and, 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 then, <laughs> and then chewing on it when Tim and, Al, or Tim and Jill come in. To, to rapturous applause from the audience. The audience is, is <laughs> clapping and cheering and also going, oh, as he does it, because it looks so strange. Oh, I've done that. I mean, I've eaten the crust, too, but I, I, I've i eaten the cheese in and of itself and then went for the crust afterward. I, I mean... I mean, look, God bless, and I'm not shaming anyone. I'm just like, well, you're going to eat the cheese and the crust either way. Why not do them both at the same time? It's more efficient. Your hand doesn't get as greasy. But but sometimes efficiency isn't the name of the game. Sometimes you got to get poetic. Sometimes you got to get a little greasy. Sometimes you got a little messy. Life, life yeah. isn't always clean. Mm, that's very true. That's very true. Pizza, much like life, gets a little messy sometimes. Um <laughs> What and so I, 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 but the weirdest thing though is that when they go back, when Tim and Jill go to the pizza at the end after Brad said, uh, "I saved you some," uh, everything, every slice is there except one, but none mm-hmm. of them have cheese on them. <laughs> okay, it's an entirely bare pizza. It is just crust with all the cheese ripped off. Yeah, and Tim and uh, Jill and, and are sauce so as well. vexed. Yeah, no, so- <laughs> like it's like he sucked the sauce off with a straw. <laughs> and yeah, I was and he, I was watching I was watching very closely because you know there are spit bags you know on yeah. sets for people eating and yeah. I was I was watching closely whether or not he actually ate that cheese because I mean he shoves it in his mouth and he's munching on it in his first line uh, they do cut away once or twice where I could see maybe he could spit it out under the table but um, the commitment to the bit was great. I like I'm thinking with what a 18 19 year old boy actor I feel like he was probably just full on eating the cheese. I don't know how many takes they did, I but don't... like I don't see him spitting that out between takes. I listen as a 20 something, I had to do a scene in a hot tub where tecates were floating around me and I opted to, you know, naively think I was some sort of method bullshit actor. And decided to chug, because the scene started where I had to chug one of the Tecates. I pick it up out of the water, and I chug it in my mouth. Yeah. And I I chugged it, and we ended up having to do the scene five times. Oh. And you use the spit bag. Just use it. Just use it. Just. <laughs> I, I think that's the first thing they teach you when you become a professional actor, and Zachary Ty Bryan is far more of a professional in season seven than I ever, ever was. <laughs> well, you you know, if you chugged five tecates that had been floating in, that were probably room temperature after floating in a hot tub, you probably no, wound up using the spit bag one way or another. Yeah, then then it, it, you probably it was... spat out that beer eventually. And so, yeah, you're not going to ingest. I mean, if they had to do that scene, you know, the start of that scene a couple times, like you're not going to ingest a, a pound of cheese every take. I mean, I don't know. I'm also just, I've been the age that, Zachary Ty Bryan was in that scene, and I yeah, fair. I ate a lot of pizzas back then. I mean, you've seen the way I ate when I was like 29, and we were making this podcast. The, the shark-like way I devour an entire pizza, and and okay. not pizza, a uh, uh, burrito. But same I difference. imagine the pizza is the same. <laughs> you you fold the pizza and shove it into your mouth the same way. Yeah, exactly. I, I could I shotgun a pizza just like Liz Lemon. Um, 
So, all right, enough about the pizza because I got to talk about the band at some point. Yeah. Okay. 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 Uh, what I what I do my favorite thing from this scene is Brad covering for Randy, even though they were kind of sniping yes. at each other earlier. Like they ask where Randy is, and and Brad goes, "Oh, he's in bed. It's nine fifteen. Well, he ate dinner at four o'clock. So, uh, and he's and like Tim is going to go out <laughs> in the garage to get some some root beers from the fridge, and he's going like, "Oh no, 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 don't go out there. I'll get it." And Jill wants to go downstairs to check on Randy, and and. And uh, Brad is going like, oh, don't go down the stairs because it's dark and you might trip and fall and that would wake Randy up. And Jill gives him this very (laughs) skeptical look. And finally, Tim has got in the garage. He comes back in and just goes, where's the station wagon, Brad? And Brad just goes, uh, um, well, it's called a nomad. So maybe it wandered off. Like, his delivery is perfect. He's so, he is so funny. He is really, really funny. I I agree with you. Yeah, no, he does. He makes the most of that scene for sure. Yes. We don't really see him again. Uh, well, that's not true. We do He's get one more sandwich. really. We get one more funny sandwich gag, which I I also adore. But um, yeah, we'll get there in a minute because we are actually transitioning to a door, uh, yep. the front door that is, um, and the transition is a bunch of rats can canning, and uh, the rat on the end of the conga line is made to look like the gentleman on the front of every pizza box. He's got a big Italian mustache, and he's holding up a ludicrously stacked um, stack of pizza boxes uh, as yeah. he's can-canning as well. And saying, enjoy your delicious moments, the way the guy on the pizza box always does. Front of the house, so, Tim's yeah. heading out. Yes, this is also I think the closest we've ever gotten to an establishing front, uh, establishing shot yes. of the front of the uh, of the Taylor house. It's agreed, pretty wild. Um, but yeah, so uh, Tim is going out uh, to I guess to pick up Mark. I don't know. Jill is saying <laughs> go look for look for Randy when you're out there. Take the cell phone, uh, and then Wilson comes by after Tim leaves in mariachi garb post Cinco de Mayo party and gives uh, Jill a little Spanish inflected advice about parenting. <laughs> uh, I will say this episode did come out on May 5th. So the fact that they were able to plan that uh, and know that this episode wasn't going to be shot out of order, like that was, that's cool. Yeah, um, that was pretty neat. Okay. I, I, I'm there, so much information. <laughs> was thrown at me in this scene that I don't even know where to start. One, uh, okay, I'll start where um, you left off about the house. This is yeah. the first time where we actually see the sidewalk in front of the house. Like, it like, almost like takes us to the walkway, curb. Yeah. 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 Well, no, it, it, we have the front walkway coming from the front door, but we see the sidewalk, the public oh, sidewalk. We, oh, shit, we actually see sidewalk? I didn't even realize. I was distracted, perhaps, by Wilson. Okay, you were distracted, big. perhaps, by the Binford Hot Rod mailbox that they have. Yeah, that's pretty nuts. That is <laughs> gross, honestly. Um, and it's like yeah. a teal uh, hot uh, rod, too. It's a really weird color. Having been someone who's just come to this housing market, if I were buying the house next door, I would go, Meh, or if I was looking at the house next door to buy, I'd be like, I don't know about <laughs> yeah. this. Yeah, uh, perhaps an apartment instead. Maybe I'll keep renting. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, I, I don't know. Up until this point, I've always kind of, like, pictured them to have a big front yard because they don't have much of a backyard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, 
Well, because presumably they would have needed a big front yard if there was going to be a reason for him to have a nuclear-powered lawnmower from season one, <laughs> right. basically episode two. Um, <laughs> yeah, but no, it's not that big. I also, I just, I'm so curious about why they shot this scene in the front yard, like yeah. why they built a whole new front yard set, because there's no reason for it to be out here. There's really no reason to have Tim going out looking for, for... Uh, Randy, really, and uh, so it's it's strange to have that happen. Like this, very easily could have taken yeah. place in the backyard. Here's another thought I had, and I, I, I'm going to go in a multitude of ways with this. I'm just going to get it out because I don't want to focus on the negativity. This is the worst Wilson hide your face gag I've seen this season. Uh, mm. There's okay, no reason for him to hold the. I mean, he's he's just being rude to Jill. The character is being rude to Jill at that point, where it's like, <laughs> just, there's no reason he needs to hold it in front of his face while talking to her. He is a little drunk. Yeah. I, I mean, even still, <laughs> I don't buy it. Uh, I do like getting drunk Wilson, but mm. I got a little disappointed because I thought at this point, okay, bear with me while I try to wrangle all of these thoughts. Do it. Wilson walks in in this mariachi costume, speaking Spanish to Jill, and it's mm -hmm. very bad. And I could tell that Earl Hinman didn't speak Spanish, and he was trying yeah. his damnedest to pull it off uh, and trying to, like, you know, find that line between well, how much can I get away with just thinking I'm drunk versus not knowing how to speak Spanish. Mm -hmm. But then I was struck with this bit of trivia that I, I just has been stuck in my brain about cheers for forever, oh. which is they, the writers saw that they could give Kelsey Grammer the most absurd, mm. weird lines and things to do. And Kelsey Grammer would just nail it every time. The yeah. more ludicrous it was, the better it was. Mm. And you have that in this character of Wilson. And I feel like it's a squandered opportunity. Like, because they're so committed to this idea of hiding his face, I mean, and granted, what are you going to do this far in? But yeah, I, I think that if they had played with that a little bit earlier, like really leaned into how much of a laugh can we get out of, can we give to Earl Hinman instead of just making the character a joke, make Earl Hinman the performer, you know, uh, uh, you know, raise him up a little bit. So much of Wilson is just he's the butt of the joke of the scene. Or or, or that he's just wearing a funny costume or doing something strange, yeah. but generally he's right. not saying something that's super funny. The the butt of the... Now, imagine the same character just kind of ludicrously played. We could have possibly seen a Wilson spinoff. <laughs> <laughs> True. I mean, yeah, without the... Like, if the character was done without the fence gag, of yeah, course. Like, right, if you could right, see his exactly. whole face, that's in me. You get it. Yeah, I see that. I I, I see your point there. Would that it, was just, it was the first time I felt like there was a really big missed opportunity with the Wilson character. I, I mean, on the one hand, yes. But on the other hand, like, him speaking Spanish to her. Okay, so... so Jill explaining what happened. Randy took off with one of our cars. Randito Bandito? Are you drunk? Excuse me. Finito. As, like him doing rhyming Spanish slang. Like, I get that this is not the level that you're talking about. But he he gets some good... Like, just the, the bit of him being a little bit tipsy and in mariachi garb and speaking Spanish. They're giving him more to do in this scene than I think they normally do. Yeah. Yes, but... 
also, and, and maybe this is just Earl Hinman and you know how he he prefers to perform, but he is playing like Ben Stein monotone. And, you know, that's just his character. So he he's not. He doesn't give. He doesn't get much range to play with often. So I'm just saying the character is built for absurdity, and instead of allowing Earl Hinman to play the absurdity, we just use the absurdity to laugh at the character, and it's finally started to feel a little cheap to me. Mm-hmm. I get that. I get that. Well, maybe the, you know, it's maybe after uh, maybe after seven, nearly eight seasons of this, maybe just the the mileage is wearing a bit thin on the one gag. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it is. Although okay. I do think there's also a missed opportunity of Wilson playing with Mark's band. Oh God! Oh fuck! That would have been great. Yeah, they're playing, and then <laughs> and and they're going yeah yeah yeah, and then Wilson is in there going c c c. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. Um okay, but so Wilson just helps her realize, yeah, treat each boy uh based on his individual needs. That that the big thrust of it is no, you shouldn't try and apply the same rules to every boy cuz each boy is a different person. You should yeah. change the rules based on who they are. That's good parenting. Um ding, ding, ding. and Jill realizes that it was wrong to put the night driving limit on Randy. So, so back home. We go back inside. Um Yes. Brad is emptying out the fridge of deli meat. <laughs> meat. Where does it go from there? Uh, so he's made a huge sandwich, and uh, Jill says, how can you eat this much late at night? And he says, Randy's gone. I'm eating for two. Anyway, <laughs> Randy line. comes back, and uh, and he and Jill talk, and uh, Randy is all ready to get punished and kind of accepting his fate, and Jill tells him, no, I was wrong, you know, I it was unfair of me to put that restriction on you. And uh, Randy is kind of shocked that she uh, that she admitted wrongdoing and is, uh, you know, they have a nice conversation about it and kind of come to terms with each other. And then uh, Tim and Mark get back in. Mark is playing tambourine, much to Tim's chagrin. And then uh, Tim begins going after Randy and, you know, starting to punish him when Jill says, no, we talked about it and uh, tells Tim that he was right. And Tim is equally shocked as as Randy was about this. Uh, and then they settle on an agreeable punishment for Randy. They decide collectively that, okay, no driving for one week. And uh, Brad then objects because he wasn't allowed to drive for a month after his accident. And uh, Jill explains that, well, too bad, Brad. Different different kids have different needs uh, and different rules. <laughs> um, good synopsis. So, yeah, good th- thank you. Thank you. I feel very good about it. Um <laughs> I really like the way that this scene plays out. I like the way Randy... just Jonathan Taylor Thomas is really good at playing a teenager who is having, you know, rebellious moments, raging against the injustices of the world, raging against the machine, if you will. Um, (laughs) But but he doesn't come across as sullen or petulant, even though, I I mean, that is basically the beats that he's playing. Like, when Randy comes back in and is just saying, all right, let me have it, and he... He already acknowledges that punishment is coming, and he's just it's, made his peace with that. And that and th- I have to admit, it's the strongest point of the episode for me. Like that, there's not some long drawn out argument. That I don't know. Yeah. It's it's very in character for Jonathan Taylor Thomas, and provides him with the performance opportunity to play earnestness because uh, yes. he's so often the Joker. I mean, we well not the not the Joker, but a Joker. No, no, he's not that twisted. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, and you know, and also, uh, uh, you know, we know that Brad is the smoker in the Midnight Toker, um, and it looks like Mark is the one who's playing his music in the sun, uh, but Randy yeah. remains the Joker. Um, and I, I jury's still out on who's the pompous of love. Um, what I liked, Al. Also, yeah, very, very good. What are he and Judy doing this episode? Uh, Trudy. Trudy. Well, okay. Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe Judy's involved too. Could uh, it's 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 not okay. Um, I like that Randy. Also, he he makes a very eloquent point and just to kind of explain his actions. Just says, "I felt like if I was being punished, I at least ought to do something to deserve it." And it's like, yeah, I, yeah, it's really heartfelt. Like I feel that you were being yeah. treated unfairly, yeah. and like, yeah, fuck it, right? If the rules are already unfair, let's go break them. Um, yeah, no, and what a I don't know, like. Randy has really grown into an interesting character because, like, after the culmination of all the events here, like, he was doing something to make a point, but doing, just knowing who he is, you know he's doing it in a responsible way. Like, he wasn't out joyriding all night, right? Like, he's not speeding down uh, vacant roads at 100 miles an hour. He's not, you know, going to pick up people or, you know, crews. He's probably just, like... Oh, I forgot to pick up some homework at the at the newspaper. I'm gonna let me swing by school and hop in there and grab some stuff, and then oh, maybe I'll swing by and see Lauren and see what she's up to. And like, she, yeah. he's probably just doing very responsible stuff. While in his mind, just the biggest rebellion to him is the moral uh, <laughs> uh, indignity that he's been, you know, um, that he's felt and that he has to make a point against. Yeah, like he yeah he he even just admits I was just driving around, and then later when Tim is kind of getting mad at him randy randy is even saying to him uh, something about like yeah well the car was pulling to the left so i stopped and put more air in the tire so did you <laughs> yeah, get the exactly. good air yes i went to the good air pump and i did that like they I, the, he was just out driving around and then stopped to do a responsible car owner thing it's it, it says a lot <laughs> about the character yeah um yeah okay and i, I want to my favorite joke of the yes. episode happens here and it's not yes. a it's not a written line so it's a bit of a cheat but when the scene starts, Brad is making the sandwich, and it's yeah. like a quadruple decker sandwich. I mean, it's yeah. huge with Dag potato chips shit. scattered around it. Yeah, and, and the scene it. lasts. How long do you think this scene lasts? Uh, this scene, I don't know, four minutes. Uh, I'm gonna go about two and a half. Okay, I, I don't know shit about the, fuck. I watched the episode last. All right, night. Well, let's, let's average at three, three minutes. Uh, and at the end of the scene, Brad brings the pl- empty plate back and puts it in the sink. Like oh they don't God. draw too much attention to it. Oh shit! I didn't. <laughs> the fact didn't that he's that. that ravenous was really funny to me. That's that is amazing. Because I was wondering, like, okay, why do they start the scene with a with a Brad making this huge sandwich joke that? And I, oh man, I did not realize that it's an empty plate when he comes back. That, he, that Brad has just been eating a gigantic sandwich the whole time. This is a great Brad episode. Oh my God. I'm going to watch this episode again for fun. I like this so much. Wow. Wow. I'm sorry to rub it in. Um, uh, no, that's all right. I have my own episodes. Yeah. I'm glad you have something. <laughs> Thank you. It's it's good to have that. You've got a house. What do I have? This home improvement episode. Um <laughs> So, uh, you know, I, I, so yeah, I like the, I like the back and forth where 
where she's talking to to Randy and and you know Randy says wait did you just say you were wrong and Jill goes well sometimes parents make mistakes and Randy goes but they never admit it this is huge and Jill says <laughs> yeah especially since you stole our car and then Randy goes well mom since this is your first offense I'll let you off with a warning and I hope you'll do the same for me like it's like the 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 interplay between between uh, Patricia Richardson and Jonathan Taylor Thomas has always been great. We've talked about it a million yes. times, but this is just such a good showcase of that. I'm. It makes me really sad we're losing JTT soon. It sucks. This is such. If, I, I it want hasn't more sunk in like this. Yeah, I know. It, it's it's really. I don't know. I, maybe I'll feel it at the beginning of next season. I don't know, but like, it's just it it, it oh it's it just seems unfathomable unfathomable to me. It, yeah. Yeah, I can't fathom it either, really. In um, fact, while watching the theme song this time, I'm like, oh, we're soon going to see a theme song without Jonathan Taylor Thomas in it. For the first time ever. Um, uh, We fade okay. out, we fade well, back wait, no, in to... No, no, oh. no, 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 I'm sorry, one more thing. Oh, you, yeah, you got to mention okay, it. Okay, 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 got to mention. Brad is upset that uh he that that Randy is only getting a one-week suspension when he got a one-month suspension from driving after his fuck-up. You know, different kids have different needs. And who decides what we need, Brad says. We do, Jill says. And then she says, right, Tim? And Tim has his face in the fridge. And he comes out and says, huh? And Jill goes, how come every time I try to talk about parenting, you tune out? And Tim goes, I got bit by a rat this week. (laughs) Oh, man. So good. So good. I love it. I love a good bit. It's really good. The the only purpose (laughs) of the... it, it is, is a bit. rule of threes, so yeah, it is rule of threes. Look, it's uh, and and look, there's a reason for the rat. Okay, let's talk about the band. Oh my god. Okay, so we get the singer, and well, okay, my first instinct of like, or my first inclination that this is going in the wrong direction is yeah. Mark comes in playing the tambourine. Yes, which aggressive. First of all, okay, I, I mean, my my brain is already split into two because one side of my brain is going tambourine what you're in a metal band the other half of my brain is going weren't you playing bass in an earlier scene what's i don't quite get what's happening yeah um okay but he's playing the tambourine so yeah we go to the stinger where um mark and his band are practicing in the garage and tim and jill step out there to see what's going on and and is playing a tambourine in the Metal band. I don't get it. I don't get it, Truman. <laughs> Tambourines don't belong in metal bands. Well, this metal band isn't like most other metal bands. They're a little bit twisted, even by metal standards. Like it's, it's like what? There's like four kids out there jamming out, counting uh, yeah. Ronnie and uh, and Mark, and they're just you know playing some chords. And also, so in an earlier scene, when when they when Brad dollar in the jar, when Mark and Ronnie. <laughs> First come in, and this is the, yeah. the I, I thought I fucked it up at first, but now I actually fucked it up. When they first come in and are talking to Jill about being in a band, and Ronnie, uh, she finds out, is the vocalist, Jill is making comments about, like, oh, so you're really quiet and withdrawn in your normal life, but then you can really let it all come out when you're when you're singing. And he just goes, no. But, so we see <laughs> Ronnie singing, and all he's, the only lyrics he's singing are, yeah. He's just going up to the mic and just going, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh I I don't know. I in that moment I I couldn't tell if I would have preferred it to go in like the screaming direction. 
<laughs> well, you don't know how long that song is. Maybe maybe there's screaming in the bridge or something, and they just end on on Yaz. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, um, I don't know. But for as a joke, I think I don't know. The Yeah Yeah Yaz are a great band. Uh, tangent, yeah, but uh, bring it back. The Yeah 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 joke uh, is it as funny as it just him screaming into the microphone like a black metal band. Mm. Um, I don't know. Mm. I can't tell. I'd have to see. I mean, I had to see his performance and adjust on the day. I think it, it. I think it's. It stays more true to Ronnie's character, who never seems to get excited about anything. The fact that he is underplaying it so much when he's singing with the band. That's my thought. Yeah, but I. Yeah. Kind of like the idea that his whole thing is about self-expression, and so this is the one area where he can, and when he can, he lets it out tenfold for his suppression of others. I don't know, whatever. I, but, I'd have to but see it on the day. I'm not going to I'm not going to do this one. But he explicitly told Jill that that is not how he like Jill was positing that that was the case and and Ronnie That's like true. cautioned us, don't get your hopes up Truman and Landon. I'm not going to do the thing that you think I'm going to do. <laughs> That's how comedy works. You taught me that earlier. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, uh I do I do like that uh Kaylin Romero who plays Ronnie um his only IMDb trivia is, or I'm sorry, one trivium, as IMDb Ooh. puts it. I didn't realize trivium is a singular of trivia. Wow. I says, I did, uh, yeah. He played for a time, or played guitar for a time in a North Hollywood alt rock band of four members named Sick Water. The group released a CD in 2003 called Aqua Vista before eventually disbanding. I wonder if Taron Noah Smith was in that. I, Aqua Vista is the name of a street in the North Hollywood area, so that's pretty <laughs> good. <laughs> I wonder if I wonder if Taryn Noah Smith was a part of the band. I also wonder if Tim Allen, who lives in North Hollywood, ever got Shanghai into going to one of their shows. <laughs> no, and no. Yeah, I would be shocked if he like it, even if it was like Jonathan Taylor Thomas was was in a band and invited Tim specifically. I still am certain that Tim Allen would not go. <laughs> <laughs> uh we get our outtakes which are kind of funny i don't know i liked i like a good randy outtake because you don't see him mm-hmm. very often the door doesn't yeah. open as he's trying to go to the garage yeah yeah he's locked in <laughs> uh we should also point out that when tim asks uh ronnie what the name of the song was that he was playing ronnie just goes the happy clown which is <laughs> kind of, kind I th- he just like mad dog stares at tim and part of me Really just wanted to read into that. This song's about you, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> the great thing about Ronnie is you can project any subtext you yeah, want on him. He's, he's like the Michael Myers mask. You just project whatever fear you want to underneath it. <laughs> yeah, Donald Pleasant's out there trying to trying to kill Ronnie because he thinks he's, he's evil and too twisted for this world. <laughs> he does scare a Lonnie in uh, the first Halloween. Hmm, true. True. Who comes back in Halloween Kills, actually. Oh, Ronnie, wow. Ronnie, there's no connection here. No. <laughs> but we investigated it, and that's what matters most. <laughs> oh, oh, Truman. Landon. That is our episode. Did we not cover anything you wanted to? No, I think everything is covered, except for one other key point of the episode, which is... Uh, what did the you The grunt count. Oh, yes. Well, also that... <laughs> Uh, 
What did you well, learn wait. from this episode? What, oh, we do. What did I learn before we do the grunt count? Okay. What yes. did I learned from this episode, uh, I learned actually. I learned exactly what this episode is trying to teach us because it was a really pretty well thought out episode. I think, which is that yeah, you shouldn't try to <laughs> apply the same set of rules uh, unflinchingly to three completely different boys. It just doesn't make sense. Like each each kid is going to have their own separate set of uh, regulations that work for them and that are best for their development. And uh, so long as you're open and communicate about everything and present a unified front, it's fine. Truman, the childless adult who's never going to have kids, giving more <laughs> parenting advice. I hope you're all listening. The many, many parents who listen to grunt work. The childless only child. Yes. <laughs> the childless only child who never rebelled in any way. And uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm pretty sure I know how to raise multiple children properly. I learned it from watching this show. What did you learn, Landon? Uh, what did I learn? I learned um, if you're doing comedy, it's important to subvert expectations. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. He was paying attention. <laughs> And the rule of three is very important. Okay, and now I'm uh, expecting him to do another thing. I wonder what's going to happen. That's all I got. What? No. Ha 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 ha. It's just, oh man, did you get bit by a rat today or what? <laughs> See what I did? I subverted your expectation of the third thing you were expecting. Oh my god, I feel I feel so subverted right now. I'm a total <laughs> sub. What can I say? I'm definitely feeling averted of some sort, but I'm not going to admit. What, Truman? <gasps> we got to do the grunt count, buddy. Yeah, we do. How many grunts do you think there were in this episode? A big old fat donut. Uh, that sounds delicious right now, but uh, incorrect. <laughs> the answer what? is zero. There were no grunts. Oh. Not donut. That's grunts. what I meant. Come on, Landon. Oh, I see. I was subverting your expectations. I guess in that case, <laughs> you um, were looking at the hole, not the do- the donut itself. Yeah, try not to see the donut for the hole. That's been a big problem of mine. Um, yeah, no grunts, zero grunts, not not a damn one. And you know what? I don't think the episode suffers for lack of grunts. So there. I don't think anyone's ever thought an episode has uh, suffered for lack of grunts, but yeah, yeah, it's that's one thing good. we've proven. Uh, yeah, at, at grunt work, if nothing else. Yeah, yeah, there. Trust me, it's not if nothing else. It is just there is nothing else we've proven. Um, <laughs> oof. Well, how about that? No grunts yet again. <laughs> no grunts. Um. Okay, then let's end this episode. Uh, and I just want to reiterate, even though it's been two weeks, that we are nearing the end of this season. We've got two episodes left. Uh, what? until we go into our um season break. And uh, on that break, we're going to be doing bonus episodes. And, of course, we'll be doing our Super Spectacular, uh, where we will be covering a lot of cool things that we normally do. But I love when we the do big that. Part, <laughs> the big part of this is that uh, we – this is one of our – this is our last between seasons break. So oh, uh, we want to do the bonus episodes that you want to do. Uh, that's not to say we won't do bonus episodes in season eight, but we really want to hit on the the things that you want from us, which is probably just to end this fucking episode. So yeah. <laughs> reach out to us on Fans Twitter or Instagram out. or our Discord and let us know um, what kind of bonus episodes you want us to do. We've got a couple movies lined up. We're going to do a Soul Man episode. Um, I thought there was something else that came to mind, uh, but it uh... has eluded me, but... 
fill fill in the blank in my brain with your suggestion by reaching out to us and letting us know. Truman, you got anything else? I got nothing else, Landon. Let's kick it. Then grunt work is made possible by our patrons. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to become um, a creator, an official uh, someone, sponsor sorry, the, over on our Patreon. You. <laughs> you know what? I was reading and something crossed in front of my reading path. So, oh, no. Um, was it a rat? <laughs> it, was, it was not a rat. It was get, the get microphone in. cord. Oh, man. Was it being uh, pulled by a rat? How do you know it wasn't being pulled by a rat? Because <laughs> it is tied to my microphone stand. Hmm. It's it's a I'm not going to get into the semantics of this. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to help us create the show, consider becoming an official Grunthead sponsor over at patreon.com slash gruntworkpod. Leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts because it helps other people find the show. Stop by to say hi or whatever you want to us on Twitter or Instagram at gruntworkpod or visit our website at www.gruntworkpodcast.com where you can find other information on today's episode and until next week, and we promise it'll be next week when we bring you another episode of Home Improvement. I've been Landon Solano. I've been Truman Caps. And remember, if you are a rat who was exposed to asbestos in a shipyard, mill, construction site, property development, or tool time episode, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Please don't wait. Call 1-800-GRUNTWORK for a free legal consultation and financial information.